We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome into a Monday edition of the Rotowire Fantasy Basketball Pod. Nick Whalen, Alex Barutha here with you every Monday afternoon. Uh, Alex, a lot to get to. We got injury news, we got player news to talk about, uh, some early impressions post trade deadline. We saw most guys who were on the move on Thursday uh, play at least one game with their new team over the weekend. We'll talk about the unique schedule this week as well ahead of the all-star break unique schedule next week uh really two kind of abbreviated weeks in a row but if you're playing in weekly leagues uh some things you need to be aware of like okc for example has just one game this week a couple teams have three games uh we're you know sending out our prayers to those teams that have to play on thursday this week for some reason i i, I never really understand like what determines uh which teams get the short end of the stick there uh first and foremost alex did you bet on the Super Bowl? What did you do for the Super Bowl? Did you stay up through overtime? How did it all go for you? Yeah, I just uh, just watched it at home. Uh, you know, no no Super Bowl parties for me. Didn't place any bets down. I actually listened to your podcast with, I think it was the Bookies guys and John, yeah. about your like prop bet battle. How did you make out on those? <laughs> uh, well, we lost the battle. Uh, I'd like to say we won the war, but right. we, we definitely lost the battle. You know, something like that, it's supposed to be a little bit lighthearted. It's like, we, I'm yeah. not, it's not like these are like the 10 best bets you could possibly make. You know, we wanted to do a good mix of stuff like, you know, we, we put two separate Gatorade color bets in, neither of those hit. Uh, and, you know, not, nothing against John McKechnie. He did the work on that. Uh, you know, the, the, the Gatorade suppliers oh, yeah. were wrong. He, he put out some great numbers. Like, I was 100% convinced it was going to be red. Um, ended up being purple, of course. We did hit on, you know, our biggest bet was Chiefs to cover. Um, we liked the under as well. So we, we did okay. We redeemed ourselves after a legitimately horrific showing last year. When we we went exclusively with like long shot bets, we're like, all right, all we got to do is like hit one of these and then we're, we're guaranteed yeah. to win. So we're picking stuff that's like 50 to one. And I think we went like one for 10. Um, but it was a weird game, right? I mean, especially the first half. And we're not here to, to break down the Super Bowl. But uh, if, basically, if you took like any sort of over for just about anybody but Jawan Jennings, in the first half, you're like, all right, we're completely sunk. Right. Yeah, I mean, it was uh, definitely a slow first half, kind of a dud. Uh, but then, you know, I mean, you get an overtime, so at least things get ramped up a little bit. Yep. And uh ends up being, a, obviously, a fun Super Bowl. It was. 
fun and memorable as always. Uh, but we are not here to talk about the Super Bowl. You can catch more of that on SiriusXM Fantasy. I'll be with Jim Coventry and Alan Soslowski all week. Our guy Jeff Erickson's out at the FSGA conference uh, in Vegas. So uh, Jeff, Jeff will be having a good time there. But we'll be talking Super Bowl, looking ahead to next year's NFL season, uh, 7 to 9 p.m. Central on SiriusXM Fantasy. Uh, big waiver wire weekend, Alex. We we, we kind of primed the pump for this last week. And I, I think you called this one of, if not the biggest waiver period of the entire year. So who were your targets? Who did you end up getting? Uh, obviously, the, the Super Bowl taking place while waivers run in a lot of leagues, uh, I feel like maybe leads to to some confusion. You know, some people maybe forgetting to put those claims in. Uh, I went I went sicko mode in the stake league, but I'll, I'll let you, uh, you know, tell me which players you were targeting first. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and the stake league is kind of a different story, you know, 16 team league and the, the deadline wasn't insane. So I, I you know, like you, you went sicko mode. Yes, but there weren't a lot of like, I, I feel like moves that you absolutely had to do. Um, I mean, I was, you know, I was, I was cool targeting guys like, well, for the jazz too, you know, the jazz kind of, they moved out Fontecchio, they moved out Kelly yep. Olenek. So there's like a Taylor Hendricks thing. Keontae George might get back in the rotation a little bit. So that's that's at least one spot where I was like, this is this is pretty intriguing for like a 16 teamer to mm-hmm. see what happens here. I will say there weren't a ton of okay, everybody in the league is going to be bidding on this player type of situations, right? I think you had to work the margins a bit more. I mean, if you're in a 10-team league or a 12-team league, I don't even know if there's anybody that you're necessarily rushing out to get. You know, maybe you're swapping out. A streaming spot or your final roster spot if you have some injuries but when, you, when you're in a 16 teamer like the rotowire stake league uh it's reasonable to be excited uh, to land someone like trey man uh out of charlotte yeah as i was uh probably overpaid a little bit but you know we're getting to the end of the year i don't really want to leave any fab on the table i think i paid four or five bucks for him out of a hundred dollar budget i ended up getting caleb martin as well uh, we got the jimmy butler you know leave of absence news yesterday morning uh, we now know that he's going to miss uh, all their games until the all-star break. My, my guess is that Butler will probably be back after the break, but uh, we'll see. I mean, Martin's still been a staple in that rotation, even when Butler is out, but he played well in Butler's absence yesterday. Um, went out and grabbed, you mentioned the Jazz, Chris Dunn. And he was kind of, I, w- I wouldn't say a hero at the end of last year, but he was somebody that I, I wish I would have been more aggressive on. I'm not going to get beat, beat twice on the same guy. Um, you know, blocks and steals specifically are two categories that I'm targeting in that league, um, you know, he provides assists as well. I'm, I'm basically punting assists at this point, uh, so that doesn't really matter. But really, after the steals, and Utah uh, is one of only a handful of teams that has three games this week. So I particularly wanted to get done in the lineup, you know, try to get a leg up on some guys that have a lot of two-game weeks or even a one-game week. Uh, but, yeah, man, Martin, Chris Dunn, those are my big three. I did see Fontecchio was dropped in the stake league by, by our, our good friend Kirian, who's doing better than me in the league, so I'm not, I'm not going to tell him what to do. But uh, that was surprising to me. I, I think I would be holding Fontecchio right now or, or trying to acquire him. Yeah, I mean, the fact that he took 19 shots um, a couple days ago in that in the game against the Clippers, that's, uh, that's a lot of shots for Simone Fontecchio. I, I understand why you would be um, uh, nervous maybe to hang on to him or, or, want to, or explore other options. It's just a, it's a tough game to, to drop him after. I'm not sure I would have done it. But I don't know. I mean, their rotation, their rotation is not the easiest thing in the world to figure out. Like, I feel like there's a chance, you know, he plays 32 minutes off the bench. Um, I just, I don't know. Like when uh, Asar Thompson maybe starts playing more minutes and then 
Because at some point, Fontecchio's 28, right? Like, he's not like a development priority. But do the Pistons know that? I don't know that they do. (laughs) This is something that we have talked about. And the thing is, something important to note, Isaiah Stewart has been out. So what happens when Stewart comes back, I think, is is worth uh, mentioning. Well, and Quentin Grimes, who they got from the Knicks at the deadline, also is yet to play. He's been dealing with a knee yep. injury. Um, you know, not quite as much positional overlap there, but you know, Detroit's kind of throwing things at the wall with their rotations anyway. So I, I do think Quentin Grimes being out there definitely doesn't help Fontecchio's case. Uh, you know, Asar Thompson's now started three games in a row. We, we talked about him as somebody who could kind of retake off uh, post deadline. You know, I I went hard on on Men Thompson props for that Sacramento game last week. I think that was like Wednesday or Thursday. Um, you know, Bogdanovich was out. I'm like, all right, this is the night. He had four fouls in nine minutes and only ended up playing 27 minutes. I, I think I had his, his block steals over uh, in that game. Um, you know, Portland, kind of a similar story, picked up four fouls really early. Still has played, though, 27, 27, 28, 27 minutes over the last four games. I, I think we'll take that. You know, ideally, you'd like him to be – I mean, he was in the high 30s for a while, if you go all the way back to to early November when he was bursting onto the scene. But he also had a stretch, you know, through December and, and much of January where you're just thrilled if he got to 18 to 20 minutes. So I, I think we're moving in the right direction on Asar. Uh, but yeah, the, the Pistons remain a mess. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis. Analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I will ask, did you consider going out and, and throwing any claims in on Micic, uh in Charlotte, who had a nice game over the weekend against Memphis? Uh, 18 points, nine assists. You know, somebody who... 
I, I don't think he came over from Europe thinking, you know what, I'm going to finish out this year for what, whatever they are now, like the 10-win Charlotte Hornets. He was, unfortunately for him, banished to Charlotte along with Grant Williams and Seth Curry. Yeah. Um, I honestly did not consider it because, I look, I mean, I there was a chance that, yes, this would happen. He would play like 25, 30 minutes in this game, you know, while guys are out, trades are pending, whatever. But I... I, I have way more faith in like Trey Mann because once LaMelo comes back, I think Michich is the guy who takes the fall because the Horn the Hornets are just done. Like Charlotte's 11 and 41. Yeah. You're only giving minutes to Michich as like, uh, like just to not be mean to the guy. Like I, I don't, just to like let him get out there. So I, maybe they'll drop him. I will give, will it surprise you if they just like released him. Uh, I mean, maybe. I guess not. he's on a three-year. He's on a three-year, twenty-three million dollar deal. So I don't. Yeah. I don't know if they I get rid know, of him man. during I the mean, summer. He, I, again, I don't think he came, he came over thinking, all right, I'm going to join a good team. I'm going to be in a good situation. I'm going to provide you know backup point guard minutes, and it just didn't work out in OKC. I, I would be surprised if they outright drop him. I mean, that would almost be a, a showing of goodwill more than anything. Yeah, uh, you know, to, to try to get him to a contender. I don't know if he's really earned that. Yeah, I don't know what his reputation is. You know, playing a half year in the NBA. Um, but you know, we, we have a question here. He says, should I add Michich or Trey Mann? This is from a one. I, I think we're, we're both on team Trey Mann for now. Um, you know, I, I think there's a, like, they went out and got Trey Mann, right? I, I mean, obviously that was part of the Gordon Hayward deal, but I'm not, I'm not certain that OKC was like trying to get off of Trey Mann. I think that was, that was like a semi-legitimate asset that you have to give up to get someone like Gordon Hayward. And, you know, obviously Mann was, was kind of marginalized. There's a, a bunch of younger players in OKC who weren't really seeing minutes and, you know, hadn't really been a part of the rotation since early in the year. And even that might be generous. Um, so it's, it's not like this is a lock by any means, but dude, I don't know when LaMelo ball is coming back. I don't know if LaMelo ball is coming back. Uh, we should have an answer hopefully during or, or shortly after the all-star break, obviously if LaMelo's back in the mix and playing 38 minutes a night, Trey Mann's going to have a tough time, but I'm, I'm pretty comfortable holding him in, especially in deeper leagues, uh, probably only in deeper leagues, to be honest. Um, until LaMelo comes back. Because I think he's going to play minutes. He's going to put shots up. He had nine assists in 27 minutes in his debut. Didn't shoot the ball well. You know, you're like, okay, nine points, whatever. He was one of five from three. He's a good three-point shooter. So I, I think there actually is something there with man. I think there's something there. Um, a little undersized, but can play shooting guard if he has to. And yeah, I think, again, I, I really, it's it's really tough to evaluate how they're going to approach Micic. Vichich hasn't been a great fantasy player either. It's not like he's like uh, been someone who, oh, we just need more minutes from Michich. We just need 20 right. minutes from Michich and it'll be interesting. Not not really. He's like, you know, um, someone who's averaging, I think it's 0.7 fantasy points per game or per minute, which mm -hmm. is horrible. Um, so that's something to keep in mind. He had a great game, obviously, but yeah. man's got to be the yeah. priority. Michich, Fontecchio, and Mann were the three most added players in Yahoo leagues uh, as of yesterday. So uh, obviously they're going to be popular. A bunch of people went out and picked up Grant Williams as well. I, I I'm not super high on, on Grant Williams. Obviously, you know Charlotte cleared out a little bit of room in that front court. He looked good. I mean, 15 and eight in his debut, played 32 minutes. That was also a great matchup against Memphis. Um, yeah, I, I think we're going to need a few more games to see exactly how that front court shapes up because yeah, obviously Brandon Miller and Miles Bridges, those guys are going to play big minutes every night, the rest of the way. They still have Nick Richards. Um, I, I like Grant Williams a lot more now than I did at the end of his Dallas run when you, you just couldn't really hold him in any league, but I'm still 
I'm still pretty skeptical that that he's somebody I would really be comfortable starting most weeks going forward. Yeah, I mean, he is only worth starting, honestly, at this point when he gets like stupid hot from three because he can't he can't create for himself he, or for, for other people. He he's a solid defender, but he's not like a steals or blocks guy. The only time he held fantasy value all season was like the first 10 games of the year when he was shooting crazy hot from three and I was begging everybody to drop him. Like, yeah, maybe he'll take more shots with, with Charlotte, but maybe some more rebounds here and there. I just, I don't know. I don't, I don't think he'll be a 12 team must roster guy by any stretch. Yeah, I, I don't think so either. Um, you know, looking at some of the other ads uh, in the stake league this week there, there was a, a pretty decent amount of movement. Um, you know, I ended up parting ways with, with guys like Sam Merrill, who I was, you know, 16 team league, just trying to get some three pointers. He had been in a nice run, but I think that's probably coming to an end. Uh, Jared Vanderbilt, you know, who was injured. Um, somebody dropped Tim Hardaway in order to pick up Taylor Hendricks. That was the, the league leader, Ryan Pohl. So he's got, he's got a little bit of leeway there. Um, you know, I, I think if you're, you know, somebody who's maybe toward the middle of the pack or you know, you're, you're trying to climb, maybe you don't take a risk like that, but I certainly understand the appeal with Taylor Hendricks. I, I ended up dropping Derek Jones in order to pick up Caleb Martin. Um, but you know, overall, I, like I said, I, there's not like the, the one league winner guy who everybody in your league is, is kind of targeting. I, I think people have their, their tastes and preferences. And at this point, you know, you're, if you're in a category league, you're doing a lot of category watching, right? You know, what categories you need, you know, what categories you're, you're trailing into the point that it might not matter. Um, the stake league specifically, you just want to finish in the top half. Uh, obviously, it'd be great to win the league, but it's a you know bottom half of the league buys a steak dinner for the top half of the league. We're, we're talking you know three hundred plus dollars. So there's there's significant money on the line here. And you know, as somebody who's hanging around that middle zone, um, you know, I'm, I'm targeting specific categories and, and looking where I can climb up. And that's where you know Caleb Martin and, and Chris Dunn specifically come in. And even Trey Mann, you know, I, I view as a a steals producer. Did you do anything in your your NFBKC or any other big time leagues you're in? Uh, no, not much, to be honest. I just didn't have a lot of faith in, in any of these guys to be worth like dropping some of the guys I already have, you know, mm-hmm. to me, there were no like ads that were so obvious, you know, that, that I, that I needed to do something major. No, I'm, I'm, I haven't done it yet. I have LaBello in that league and obviously it's just thinking me, I mean, he's played what, 22 games, I think on the year. Um, you're just not going to compete in a league like that when you're, you know, 13th overall pick. Uh, is giving you that. I'm, I'm still not dropping him quite yet. Uh, I mean, honestly, at this point, I probably should, but it's like a league like that. There's just, there's, it's so, it's so unappealing to be like, all right, I'm dropping Lamelo Ball to go pick up Chris Dunn. Uh, you know, there's, there's not some sort of miracle worker out there on the waiver wire. Um, we will, let, let's hit a couple of the listener questions out. So we can kind of mix these in as we go. As always, stack those up in the chat, guys. We will hit as many, if not all of them, uh, as we can before we head out. I do want to talk about the rookie class at some point. So we'll get back to that in a bit. But uh, Dr. D314 says, Wendell Carter Jr. is on waivers in his league. Should I add him? It's a 14-team points league. Uh, he says, Santi Aldama or Josh Green would be the drops in order to pick up Wendell Carter. Yeah, we we all kind of got excited when Wendell Carter came back and had like an amazing six games. And then he turned back into Wendell Carter um, for <laughs> basically over the past eight yeah. Uh, averaging 11 and six with 0.3 blocks over the past eight games. Uh, not great. So would you pick, uh, should you drop potentially Aldama or Josh Green to pick him up? I I think you would probably be okay to drop 
Josh Green. I'm not really a Josh Green guy. He's been hot shooting lately when that normalizes a bit and and the and the Mavericks get healthier. I think his usage goes down. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure I would drop Aldama either, the way the Grizzlies are going um, with all the injury woes they're dealing with. So I don't I don't think you have to pick up Wendell Carver Jr. I think Green versus Carter Jr. to me is close. Uh, it comes down to positional preferences. Do you need a big man? Uh, do you need more help at, at, at center slash forward if he's eligible there in your league? Uh, in that case, I would lean Wendell Carter. I'm with you. I mean, Josh Green shot like 60% from the field over that nice five-game run he was on. Came back down to earth against OKC in that blowout win the other night, six points in 27 minutes. I do think Wendell Carter is going to be more dependable than Josh Green, but I I think I'd prefer Aldama right now, uh, especially with Xavier Tillman now in Boston. You know, the Grizzlies shuffled a bunch of pieces. I'm not really sure how meaningful any of that was. And the biggest indicator, though, is that he's starting with Jared Jackson. And Jackson's been in and out, you know, over the last few games. But the games that he has played, he has started with Aldama. Um, you know, Aldama's got you know double-digit scoring in, in eight of his last nine. He's averaging about... 12, six, and three with some threes, two and a half threes per game in that span. Not setting the world on fire, but I, I think I would prefer him. I think it's going to be a little more secure uh, than, than Wendell Carter. All right. A1 says, is Chris Paul worth an ad? Uh, his his return is 222. Yeah, I, I think we see Chris Paul probably after the All-Star break. Um, you know, the, the last update we got was about a week ago. They said he's making progress, you know, still – uh, you know, was, was kind of nursing that that uh, broken hand. I'd be very, very surprised if he comes back. They play tonight at Utah. He's, he's not going to play in that game. Then they have a back-to-back Wednesday, Thursday. Very likely to me that he's he's back either right after the All-Star break or sometime this month. The question is, is he worth an at? I think, so on the season, he's ranked 111th, eight cap per game. So, sure. I mean, go ahead and pick him up, especially if you need assists. Um, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't consider him a must-add blanket statement. It kind of depends. I think he's fine to add in a points league. 100% you should add him if you need assists. Yeah. If you don't need assists, you can. You, he's not someone you have to grab. All right. Our pal Matt, who always gives us good questions on this stream, he says, hey, guys, would you drop Dylan Brooks and Marvin Bagley to pick up Asar Thompson? He's in a head-to-head points league on Yahoo!, Bagley is in his IR spot, so he would need to drop him in addition to Dylan Brooks to pick up Asar Thompson. I'm not really a I'm not really a, a Dylan Brooks guy for fantasy. I think he's always been overrated in fantasy. Uh, Marvin Bagley should have the clear runway to just be Washington's starting center, and he returned from injury after a four game absence, played only 15 minutes, um, which is uh, to me you don't have to worry about that. I think they'll just ramp him up, but. I mean, in in 13 starts this season, you know, including actually, we'll just exclude this past one. He's averaging 15 and seven, 56 percent from the field, good in points leagues. Um, yeah, I would I would have Bagley, okay. uh, but but Asar, I don't know. Asar is the riskiest. Asar is the risk reward play. So like I, I think Bagley is actually. I can't believe I'm saying this. I think Marvin Bagley is the safest of these of these options. Okay, so you're saying if if, the, if a scenario unfolds where you could keep Bagley but drop Brooks for Asar, you would consider that? Yeah, I would do that. Okay. Yeah, I, I think I'm with you either. I, I mean, in a points league, it's it's a little bit different. Um, you know, obviously the you know some of the defensive stats, the steals and the blocks with Asar mean mean a ton in category leagues, but you know still have value in points. I 
I just, I just can't see the burying of Sartops. I mean, really, like the foul trouble is almost what concerns me more than anything. And that's been more of a recent thing. You know, it's not like he has this crazy track record of, of picking up fouls. Early in the year, it was a bit of an issue, but he got it smoothed out. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I just, yeah, I, I think the lesson is don't read too much into this last game by Bagley, you know, coming off of an injury, um, you know, should have been a decent matchup against Philly. But, um, you know, I, I think you're right to point out that there is literally no competition for center right well, and- now. In Washington. Rashawn Holmes, Rashawn Holmes didn't play. He was a DMP. Right. He was active. CD. Yeah, he was active and didn't play. So mm-hmm. that that to me points to Marvin Bagley, thirty minutes a game probably from here on out. Yeah. All right. Follow up from A one. I said thanks for the advice. Appreciate the question. Uh, Nine cat twelve team. Should he drop Desumu for Keontae George? He said he's already good in rebounds, field goal percentage, blocks, and steals. He is in need of assists and points. So it's basically, who do you prefer going forward? Desumu or Keontae George? Um, if you need assists and points, I would probably go with Keontae George just because for Chicago, uh, Desumu is not a great passer anyway, and they have Kobe White and DeMar DeRozan going to be handling the vast majority of playmaking there. The Jazz you know, they, they traded away two key rotation players. I think they're a hundred percent fine pulling the plug a little bit, giving more minutes to Keontae, who is more of a sort of traditional point guard than Desunmu. For me, this comes down to which of those two categories do you want more? Because I, I think Desunmu is going to give you more points. I think he's going to give you more reliable points. He's going to give you a higher scoring ceiling, but he's going to give you fewer assists. Like Keontae George is the guy. If, if assists is the category that you need to make the most hay in, go Keontae George. If you think it's points, Desumu, I think they'll be really comparable going forward. And um, I would say Desumu, like if, if you're just saying, you know, independent of categories, who would you rather have? I would I would say Desumu. But if, if you're not worried about the field goal percentage and you're not worried about like turnovers and, and whatnot with Keontae George, then that that makes this a tougher question. But uh, yeah, Keontae George for assists, Desumu for points. Um, I'll, I'll give you the tiebreaker on, on George, Alex, if we if we need both. Uh, Manila's most wanted uh, brings up some some news we got on Dyson Daniels about an hour ago. He's got a meniscus tear out indefinitely. Is you know will likely miss at least a month. Uh, obviously, the All Star break helps minimize the the total games missed, but uh, still a pretty big blow for a guy who's playing around twenty minutes a night. This does open some things up fantasy wise, though, for a team that has been a little frustrating because they have a lot of guys that we like and a lot of guys who are playing fewer minutes because they have so many guys. Uh, so who do we pick up here? He, he says Trey Murphy or Herb Jones. They're both available in his league. I. Uh... I would go Trey Murphy. I mean, Murphy, he's been kind of hot and cold, you know, coming back from the knee injury, but his minutes being down is the main concern, I think, for Murphy. So mm-hmm. I think I think his minutes could increase. Um, and I think he, he has more upside than Jones because Jones is not a very good offensive player. You know, I wrote about Herb Jones on our site last week as somebody who I was, you know, comfortable dropping for the right ad at the deadline. He, since then, he's he's strung together like three of his best games in the last two months, uh, which is usually how that goes when you write about a player who you, you're saying people should drop. He's got five steals in the last two games. Prior to that, though, I mean, the steals and blocks, like that's that's what you're after with Herb Jones, right? I mean, he'll give you some threes. Yeah. He, he shoots a good percentage. But he's got to be giving you, you know, close to, if not more than like two combined blocks and steals per game. And he was at 1.1 combined steals and blocks over a 25-game sample from mid-December until early February. So yeah, he's been better lately. Yeah. He'll see more minutes. Um, you know, if it's a category league and you really need defensive stats, you could justify Herb Jones, but 
to me, you know, if you're kind of looking at this independently, you're taking that out of it. I would go Trey Murphy. I will. I will say, I think there's a really also a strong chance that it just the minutes get distributed so evenly between like four different guys that it almost doesn't matter. Like this could be a situation because D- Daniel's been playing about 20 minutes, right? So this could be like four more minutes to Trey Murphy and three more to Herb Jones and five more to Jordan Hawkins. And, oh, you know, we'll give Alvarado another two minutes and, yeah. and it could just end up being nobody. Yeah, you're totally right. You're totally right. Both guys, Murphy and Jones played elevated minutes against Portland. Um, both played well. So I, I don't, I don't really know if you can go wrong here, but I, I would go Murphy. I think he has more upside. Um, all right. Follow up on, on Herb Jones this is from Christian. He says, should I drop Herb Jones to pick up Tim Hardaway Jr.? Uh, who we mentioned was dropped in the stake league. And that's it's a 16 team league. So that doesn't mean nothing. You know, I mean, Hardaway is basically threes and points, right? If you're in a category league. So as always, depends what you need. If you need defensive stats, go Herb Jones. If you just want the points, threes, you know, Hardaway has been rebounding the ball pretty well as well for a, for a Dallas team that has not rebounded well, although they should remedy that with, with the moves that they made at the deadline. Uh, this is a tough one for me. I mean, I, I, I still think I want the the splash upside of Hardaway, you know, field goal percentage is another thing. If you're in a category league, Jones is going to, is going to help you a lot more there. Um, but he's also not capable of, you know, going off for 32, 41, 36 point games like Hardaway has in the last month. If I'm in a points league, I want Hardaway. If I'm in a category league, it just depends on what you need. If you need defense, um, Herb Jones, if you need offense, Tim Hardaway, it's almost, it's almost just that simple. Mm-hmm. All right, James says, uh, in light of the Jimmy Butler news, again, he is sidelined indefinitely, dealing with a personal matter. They're calling it a leave of absence. Again, I, I think we expect him to likely be back sometime shortly after the deadline. So I, I don't think this is, you know, like a, a gold mine type of pickup here. But if you're looking at this week, Hawkes or Caleb Martin, uh, who would you pick up in Miami? Uh, this is this is an interesting question because we also have Josh Richardson out. For yes, a few weeks. And we have Terry Rozier, who is still, we're waiting on MRI results uh, mm-hmm. for a knee injury. So, look, I like Hawkes more. I think he's the better player. But what we're talking about is also, in addition to Butler being out, injuries to two guards. Uh, and they don't really have backups there. So, besides Caleb Martin, who is not really a point guard, but it's like someone's going to have to play there. So, I think I think Caleb Martin's the safer pickup. And Hawkins hasn't played that well lately, to be honest. Um, yeah. Ever so since the injury, he has, he's just been a little slow. Been a little slow. So I, I'm going to lean Martin here. I would lean Martin as well. I think he's a little bit closer to a guard than Hawkins is, although I think both yeah. guys by default will see more minutes. Um, you know, you wonder, is, is Hawkins, is he focused on the dunk contest, not focused on fantasy producing? <laughs> Who knows? Uh, Caleb Martin, 13 games this year when he's played at least 30 minutes, 15.5 points, 6.5 rebounds, three assists, one steal and block combined 50% from the field, 42% from three. So, yeah, I mean, that's probably in line with if you, if you isolate, you know, Hawk has his best stretch, but that came much earlier in the year. Uh, I would go Caleb Martin. It's close. Uh, you know, certainly a month ago, I would have said Hawk has no question. Um, but like you said, he just, he hasn't played that well over the last couple of weeks. So especially if you're looking at short term this week, I would go Caleb Martin. And yeah, the Rosier thing is interesting, man. I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, kind of slipped my mind. I mean, who knows? That, that could go any direction, right? I mean, I, I think it's very possible that he doesn't play this week and, and perhaps beyond the break. Yeah, and he had just started to play better too. So it is kind of, uh, it's unfortunate for people who have been fantasy. 
I guess it's especially worse because the Josh Richardson. So you get kind of a yeah. Uh, it's 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 doubly bad. Um, uh, who knows? We could see more like Duncan Robinson as well. I I think just the main point is like the Heat have more options on the wing to make up for Butler's absence that they do in the backcourt for the double absences to Rozier and, and Josh mm-hmm. Richardson. All right, we got a streaming question from Dennis. He says, pick up Trey Mann or stream Malik Beasley uh, for the next three games. And this gives us a good excuse to talk about the schedule for this week. Like we mentioned at the top, OKC is the only team in the NBA with one game this week. So thankfully, Trey Mann doesn't play for OKC anymore, so you don't have to worry about that. The vast majority of the NBA, that is, I think, 24 teams have two games. And then we have Utah, Minnesota, Milwaukee, Memphis, and Golden State. Uh, those teams play three. Uh, all those teams are in action on Thursday. Uh, so that's the common thread there. So you're getting you're getting three games out of Malik Beasley this week, or you're picking up Trey Mann, who has two games, and you're presumably you know holding him a bit longer than you might Malik Beasley. I'm I'm picking up Trey Mann. I look Malik Beasley is a you pick him up to stream him, then you drop him immediately. I I want the potential upside of of Trey Mann. Like you can look in. I like, I don't know if you're asking this because Beasley's hot lately. Like Beasley's averaging 16 points over the past four games. You can go through Beasley's game logs. Look at any stretch, like five game stretch where he's making his threes, and then look at the following five games. It's like he'll he'll average 16 points and then he'll average seven points. Yeah, and it's just I I think you just want the upside of of man because we we just we talked about at the beginning of the show Lamelo. Who knows when or if he's coming back? And even if he does, I think Trey Mann could still see 25 plus minutes and. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm glad you you brought up what you did with Beasley because I wanted to to read off. It, it's basically you know you're targeting threes with Beasley, right? So here's yeah. his last nine games made threes: one, 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 three, four, six, zero. Went zero for nine against Minnesota, and then seven uh, against Charlotte in their last game. So it's you're playing roulette there, right? You got three games, so chances are he's hitting four or five threes in one of those games. Chances are he's hitting one or zero in another, and then maybe two or three. Uh, so if you really need threes, if you're in a category league totally justifiable to stream Beasley because three games this week is an advantage. It's a huge advantage more yeah. than it is in, in other weeks. Uh, but if you're looking more long-term then yeah, Trey man is your guy. Uh, all right. We got a trade question. Uh, Manila's most wanted says my marketing and DiVincenzo for Devin Booker. Would this be too much of an overpay? It's a category league. Uh, that's interesting. I mean, marketing is there's a chance Markkinen's rated higher than Booker, is there? I mean, Markkinen's, what, 24th in 8-cat, and Booker is 15th in 8-cat? Um, man. The thing is, DiVincenzo is on such a crazy boost right now because of the injuries to Randall and Ananobi. Both those guys might come back or are hopefully coming back late February, very early March. Uh... You know, honestly, DiVincenzo might be too hot to give up right now because you can, you might get another two, three weeks out of this. Maybe that's a best case scenario, but I, yeah, I, I think I actually might hang on to marketing and Booker here. It's a, it's a fair trade, I think, like in general. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Well, I think you also look at DiVincenzo's last game against Indy on Saturday and you're like, well, he only had 14 points. You know, maybe the run is over. It's like, well, he still played 39 minutes. He just didn't shoot it well. You know, he didn't shoot it like he had been, which is unsustainable. I think we all know that. Uh, but he went two of nine from three after going, you know, seven of 12, four of nine, six of 16, four. Like he was taking like 15 threes a game 
for, for like a six game stretch, which is insane. And, and, you know, Jalen Brunson missed a little bit of time in there too. So there are some games where it was just like eight guys available and you can't take a whole lot from that. But yeah, I, I think DiVincenzo is too good right now. And the other thing is like, I, I'm not opposed to this deal per se, especially if you have concerns about, you know, what Utah might look like later in the year. Yeah. But the Jazz have three games this week. So if you could hold off and make this deal over the break, <laughs> then, you know, maybe Savvy. that might be a little more appealing. Like, yeah, I, w- I want those three games out of marketing this week before I'm dealing him. So something else to consider there. But overall, I don't I don't think this is a wild overpay. I think I, I think this is one that both sides would really have to think about. I, I think chances are, if you propose it, it probably gets accepted. But I don't think it's like an instant no-brainer. I agree. Yeah, I would just hang on to my – I would hang on to my guys. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, we got a pick Pick one of the three question here from Kage. He says, Zubac, Ivy, or Pajemski? Yeah, I mean, Zubac just came back from injury, 20 minutes in back-to-back games. Um, on the whole season, he's like just outside the top 120. So it's like, yeah, he should be rostered, it, but it's nothing crazy. Um, Pajemski, man, continues to play well. I mean, we, ju- we talked about Chris Paul earlier. Uh, Chris Paul coming back could cut into Pajemski's minutes. Mm-hmm. I think I like Pajemski more than Zubac uh, in fantasy, though. Just you get you get the like that fringe triple double ish upside. Uh, and then Ivy, man, Ivy's been balling. Like yeah. Monty Williams actually trusts him. The Pistons traded away Bogdanovich, and um, he's taken at least twenty shots in each of the past three games. Ivy has. So I. Th- think I would just hang on to Ivy. I think I'd want Ivy here. I think I want Ivy as well. Uh, I mean, last five games, 26 points, five rebounds, four assists. Percentages are good. Uh, you know, the, the turnovers, if you're in a nine-cat league, he's still turning it over a lot. So that's something you have to consider. The one pushback I would have on Ivy, Alex, is Quentin Grimes. When he comes back, how much does Ivy's role suffer? I think Grimes is just not that good. Okay. I, I gotta be honest. I'm gonna I would take a stance here and just say Grimes is just not that he's just not that good. He, or else he'd be playing for he would have played for New York if he was good, like yeah. that good. Not like and I think if he does take minutes from somebody, he's gonna be taking minutes from like uh like the like Fontecchio may not play 32. Troy Brown played 19 last game. So I mean you could find tw- 29 minutes for Grimes mm-hmm. basically just like right there. Uh, Shake Milton also played 12. Mascala played 10. I think there's minutes for Grimes that can be found without taking usage really away from uh, okay. Ivy. All right, Ivy's final answer then in that case. Uh, I think we, we litigated that one well. Uh, all right, we'll do a couple questions on Ben Matherin here. Uh, these, these There are two that tie together. Uh, so Shizzle09 says, would you drop Matherin to add Ayo Desumu, 12-team, uh, 11 cat leagues? So this is standard nine cat plus free throws made and field goals made. Um, and then we had a, a similar question regarding a couple of those same players, Matherin, Desumu, or Keontae George, rest of season in a category league. So we'll, we'll we, we already talked about Desumu versus George. You know, if you want the points, go with the IO. Uh, if you want the assists upside, go with Keontae George. I think I prefer Desumu uh, just straight up over those two. But when we throw Matherin into the mix, uh, how, how does that change things? Man, uh, I wish, I wish Matherin would just like get consistent minutes or, play well for an extended stretch. I mean, he did in like late January or excuse me, late December, early January, but back-to-back games. Now it's 24 minutes, 23 minutes. He was dealing with an illness. So that's something to consider. Maybe this is 
this might be a buy low point, but I think I would ultimately just rather have the soon move. Um, what do you think? I think I'd rather have Dasumu as well. I don't. I don't think. I don't think Rick Carlisle likes Ben Matherin. I think that has been a common thread throughout this season. And you know, at the deadline, the what, I think one of the more obvious, like, all right, this guy's gone. This guy should step up. Situations was the Pacers with Buddy Heald going to Philly, and we we've we saw Matherin's minutes to decrease over the the you know their last couple of games, right? Like, it just doesn't it doesn't make sense. You know, he's one of those guys. I've said this on the pod before, where you know he. I feel like he has like three minutes to prove himself when he's out there. And it's like, if he doesn't, if he makes a mistake, he's just sitting for the next eight minutes and then he'll get another chance later on. But like, he just doesn't really have the trust right now of, of Rick Carlisle. And, you know, he, even last year when he played really well as a rookie, he was a much better real life player than he was a fantasy player. You know, the percentages weren't great, which is often the case for rookie guards. He gives you almost nothing on defense. He gives you almost nothing as a passer. He's an average ish rebounder for his position. Uh, and he was also taking six free throws a game last year. That's been almost cut in half this season. Um, so I would go to Sumo. I, I think the Bulls are just going to kind of let it fly here. And, and no Levine the rest of the way is what would really break the tie for me there. So, yeah, I mean, all these guys are justifiable holds. And I don't think you're going to be in like a disaster scenario with any of them. But um, Sumo is, is the guy that I would want there. Uh, Andy W says, hi, just joined. What's up, Andy? Thanks for watching. Says, keep up the great work. Are there any under the radar point guards to add for assists and threes in a roto league? Well, I, I think Charlotte would be our first place to hit up, right? Yeah, Charlotte. Uh, I would. I would look into Trey Mann, who we talked about earlier, um, who just went to Charlotte from OKC. We don't know when Lamelo Ball is coming back. Even Micic, uh, who had a great game in his, in his Charlotte debut, kind of unclear what's going to happen there. I'm, I'm not 100 convinced he's going to continue seeing like 30 minutes, but. If you're talking under the radar, um, that's that's certainly an option. Yeah, I'm trying to see. Okay, Dennis Schroeder, like, well, he was he wasn't really dropped in that many leagues. He's 73% rostered. I don't, I don't think he qualifies as under the radar at this point. Um, yeah, I mean, so many guards give you assisted threes, right? Like these are fairly common categories for for most guards. So it's it's mostly about finding some minutes. Um you know, I mean, Marcus Sasser in Detroit is like somewhat interesting. He's, you know, when the minutes are there, he's been really productive. You know, he had a 17 and 11 game last week. But when Cade and Ivy are healthy and when Quinn Grimes is healthy, I think he's probably the guy that that maybe falls out there. Um, you know, New Orleans with the Dyson Daniels injury. Again, I'm not sure there's anybody necessarily under the radar. Like, I, I wouldn't recommend going out and grabbing Jose Alvarado. Um, yeah, you know, I mean, Keontae George, who we've talked about, if you consider him under the radar, maybe that's somebody, but, um, this is, this is kind of one of the side effects of a relatively quiet trade deadline is we don't, we don't have these, you know, perfect fantasy situations opening up all over the league. I, I think if you're, if you're paying attention, like most of these guys have already been on your radar, right? Like we're not going to say Tyus Jones, Trey Jones, like that's, you know, we, we kind of know what, what they are at this point. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think, I think all those names you mentioned are are mostly who we're looking at. Um, yeah. It's a, again, it's just, but so many of those guys are off the waiver wire. I mean, Dennis Schroeder, maybe yeah. who knows? Um, yeah. It's just, those are the most popular guys. Yeah. I'm looking at Yahoo's, you know, most available players right now. I mean, Spencer Dinwiddie, maybe if you think he has a role with the oh, Lakers, yeah. I, I don't know if I quite trust that. Uh, you know, TJ McConnell obviously is always going to be in that conversation, you know, but again, when the minutes are there, which is a pretty big caveat for him. Um, so yeah, hopefully those are some names that, that maybe are available in your league. 
Uh, speaking of the Jazz, Alex says, who do you think gets more run in silly season for the Jazz, Keontae or Dunn? I, I think both will actually end up playing a lot. I mean, if you're looking for a true, and, and I'll be honest, I don't love the I don't love the term silly season, um, <laughs> but I understand it, and you know it's become part of the lexicon, so we got to use it. Keontae George is like the perfect silly season guy, right? I mean, young player yeah. team that doesn't seem to care if they're winning. You know, why not throw more minutes? Like. I love Chris Dunn. I, I'm still holding out hope for him from like that 2016 draft or whatever it was. But, you know, he is turning 30 in less than a month. So, you know, I don't know. I don't know if there's a whole lot invested in in developing Chris Dunn. No, I don't think so. It, I, I was going to bring up the point you did. Is that Dunn is not, Dunn's older. So there's just mm. not as much, there's not really a development priority there. All right. Good question on DeAnthony Melton. Um, you know, a guy who's been injured uh, for the most part, uh, has not played since January 12th, uh, will sit out again tonight against Cleveland. Uh, the, the Sixers also play Wednesday against Miami. I think with the break coming up, you you expect him to miss that game and hopefully he comes back after the break. Uh, but Alex says, what are your thoughts on Melton? Will he still be getting 25 plus minutes at night or am I better off streaming that spot? Um, I think he'll still be getting 25 plus a night. Yeah. I think he'll still be worth frustrating in fantasy. I think he'd be a top 100 player. Uh, you know, the healed edition is interesting for sure, but it's nothing that can't be sort of, they, I think they can both coexist and Kyle Lowry's there too. We should mention, but Kyle Lowry's not that good anymore and might only get like 15 minutes a game. Um, mm-hmm. and may not really play every, every night to be honest. And, you know, in terms of like trying to figure out what, Philly's rotation is going to be, you know, we've been seeing like, um, well, we should mention, I mean, campaign has been playing minutes lately. Those are going to go away when Melton's back. KJ Martin. I, I could see them, you know, I could see KJ Martin's minutes disappearing in the form of like Kelly Oubre takes his spot and then Melton gets more minutes to backfill. So that's a long answer, but I, mm-hmm. I think Melton will be, will be back. Uh, what are we projecting for Julius Randle to come back? Uh, Manila Most Wanted says, could he be back in early March? Certainly could be. I mean, they, they just haven't really given us a whole lot. You know, they said at least two to three weeks at the beginning of February. So obviously that takes us through the All-Star break. I think at best, it's not completely out of the question that, you know, he could be back before the end of February. I don't I don't think that's off the table given the, the timetable from the Knicks. Um, but, you know, they're kind of treading water as is and – you know, you look at the the schedule coming out of the break. They have a winnable game at Philly. They play Boston, Detroit, New Orleans, Golden State. So it's not exactly a, a gauntlet coming up. Maybe they are a little bit more cautious. I I think yeah, if he's not back by the first week of March, yeah, that becomes a little concerning. So you know, tough to answer. We don't we don't have any insider info on that. But early March would be my guess. Yeah, could could be back sooner. I don't know. Um, James Chan says Caleb Martin or I think this is Bilal Koulibaly rest of season. Rest of season is interesting because if we're, if we're just saying the next couple of weeks, Caleb Martin for me, for sure. Um, but the Wizards are kind of a skeleton crew of a roster at this point. Koulibaly moved back to the bench for their last game Saturday against Philly. Still played okay. I, I just haven't really seen it with him. I, I know like the good games have been kind of eye-popping. You know, he's hit some threes. He took 12 threes a couple of games ago. He's, you know, he's putting in some defensive stats. I just, I don't see it being super consistent because the minutes have been there. That's the thing. Yes. Uh, yeah, I don't think we're going to see a lot of Akulabali unless Jordan Poole or Tyus Jones 
or Avdia or Kuzma basically like sit for an extended stretch, which is possible that possible. possible. But the right now your safest bet is Caleb Martin because we know Richardson's out. Josh Richardson's out for like three weeks and Rozier oh. could be out for longer. So depending on the Rozier news, it might be like Martin by a lot or it could be Martin by a little. Uh, another Julius Randall question. Aaron says he's in a nine cat, 10 team league. Should I pick up Julius Randall? He's on waivers. I would say yes. I mean, especially yeah, if, yeah. You're in, if you're in one of those leagues that goes through game 82, like absolutely, no question. And, you know, if you got an IR spot, you could throw him in there. I, I would say yes. I, I think I'm optimistic enough about his timeline that I, I don't, you know, unless it's a shallow league, so you're probably dropping somebody of considerable substance here to pick him up. But I, I think it would be worth it, especially if you have a drop that you feel okay about. You would be dropping somebody good, but there's in a 10 team league, there are a million streaming options. Like you can stream every week a lot with great players. Uh, so yeah, I would, I pick them up. All right. Uh, we got an ESPN 10 team points league. Uh, Neil P asks, should I play Kobe white in a Chua over healed and Reed? So I, I think this is for, for this week. Um, I would say yes, most likely. Uh, all of those guys, I believe, have two games. So there's not, yeah, not much right of a now. distinction there. Um, you know, Buddy Hill's played pretty well in Philly. You know, I mean, there's such a, a skeleton crew as well right now that it's tough to, to know how much you should read into that. But he has he's 8 of 21 from three over the last two games. He's got you know 43 total points. He's handed out some assists. He had four steals against Washington on Saturday. Um I would definitely play a Chua over Paul Reed right now. Yeah. Yeah, this is Kobe White and and uh, a Chua for me because all the, the games, the schedule is equal. So I, I would go with those guys. They've been more reliable. Their usage is more trustworthy at this point. Yeah, go with them. Uh, Matt says, what are your thoughts on trading Kyrie for De'Aaron Fox in a points league? Fox has a better playoff schedule. I'm on board with this. They're very comparable players in points leagues. Uh, almost almost the exact same fantasy point output per game. And yeah, if, if Fox has a better playoff schedule, I'm, I'm totally good with that. Yep. And Kyrie has a, a longer history of uh, missing games. And I, I'm not even just for like personal reasons. I mean, like Kyrie gets hurt pretty often. So yeah, the favorable schedule, everything go with Fox. Thoughts on Tari Eason coming back. Is he worth a pickup for the playoffs? Starting to get a little concerned about our guy, Tari Eason. He has not played since New Year's Day. He they're, they're kind of just going game to game now with him. I don't think we see him before the All-Star break. He's already been ruled out tonight against the Knicks. Doubt he plays Wednesday at Memphis. I, I At this point, I, I'm not sure he's worth a pickup. You know, if you're in a 16-team league, sure. If you're in a 10 or 12-team league, I, I just wouldn't do it. I mean, it, when you're out for this long, I mean, he's going to end up missing basically two months. And that has allowed, you know, Amen Thompson to play a lot more minutes, Cam Whitmore to play a lot more minutes. Like, I just, I don't think that just vanishes overnight once Tari Eason's back. No, I, uh, I was, I was concerned two weeks ago, at least, yeah. because they're being really dodgy and vague about what this injury is. No timetable, no specificity about what the injury really is. Um, and he, look, Eason's very good. Um has top 100 upside. Uh, he, when he comes back, he'll probably be limited. Uh, there's a, he's got that to go through. So I don't, I don't think he's a pickup in like a standard league. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, Follow-up quick on, on the De'Aaron Fox question. He said, Fox is in a big slump at the moment. Should we get worries with his lingering shoulder issue? I'm not too worried about it, to be honest. No, um, it's been a shooting slump for sure. Uh, but he's, you know, he's still producing in basically every other category just fine. It's And it's been basically, what, the last three and a half games? He hasn't shot it well. Um, you know, he had that huge game against Chicago at the beginning of the month. And, and ever since then, the scoring's been a little bit down. So, yeah, it's fair to, it's fair to question. You know, the three-point shooting started off so great. Last 10 games, he's at like 30%. Still taking a bunch. You know, to me, that, that would imply that he's comfortable – um, I, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not worried too much about that. No. And I mean, we have the all-star break coming up, so he'll get, exactly. he'll get plenty of time to, to rest his shoulder. So I think he'll be fine, especially mm-hmm. after the break. Uh, what's up, Tristan? He says, I just got here. What did I miss? <laughs> um, can't recap everything, but this is archived yes. <laughs> on YouTube. We, we, we put this out as a podcast as well. So you can listen to it on Spotify, Apple pods. We do throw the timestamps in there. Um, you know, right after we finish up, we put those on YouTube. So, uh, after we finish up, Go to our YouTube page like 20 minutes after, and you can skip through and, and find whatever you want. Uh, Kage says, can you guys see Andre Drummond getting more minutes and being worth a pickup? Lord, I hope so. Uh, that would be that would be huge for a couple, a couple of teams where I'm holding Andre Drummond to deeper leagues. I don't know, man. Like he, he plays 30 minutes in back-to-back games, and he's down to 17 against Orlando. I I'm I'm still optimistic. What about you? Yeah, I think they played them. I mean, they wanted to go with the the two bigs for Minnesota, and then they kept it rolling against Memphis. But then he's back. Yeah, you mentioned he's back to seventeen against Orlando. Could he? I mean, he could. Uh, Patrick Williams has been out. That's been obviously a, a big part of this. Mm-hmm. Um, he could. Patrick Williams could be back basically after the All Star break. It's such like a. It's it. There's no good answer here because if you drop him and then he starts seeing like they, they keep playing him more together with Vooch 24 minutes and then it's like, well, you got to pick him up. And then if he, he's trapped on your bench. So um, I think it's it's mostly unlikely that he starts seeing like 28 minutes or t- even 24 minutes consistently. Oh, yeah. But maybe they'll throw it out as like an option once in a while because they did. I, yeah, I would be, I mean, I don't think he's getting to like 28 minutes a night. I think that's off the table, but with Drummond, you just need the 22 to 24 and he's still going to be like a top 100 guy because of the volume on rebounding and and some of the defensive stats. So depends how bad you need rebounding, um, you know, in, in the league where I have him most notably rebounds are like the, the top category that I'm targeting. So that's, you know, it's more, he's more valuable to me there than, than other comparable players would be. Um, but just, just know that you're going to have to live with those, 17 minutes, three points, five rebound nights, just as often as you're going to get the, you know, 20 points, 13 rebounds like he had against Memphis. Um, All right. Good question from Christopher regarding the Blazers. How about this for under the radar guards? Look to Portland where everybody's hurt or getting shut down. He brings up Ashton Haggins. Just a a classic throwback name. I haven't thought about Ashton Haggins in a while. He's big time recruit when he was at Kentucky. Uh, And then Delano Banton as well, who wound up in Portland after the deadline. I think that's a good call. You know, I mean, we went right to Charlotte. Portland, very similar situation. Um, you know, Brogdon is out with tendonitis in his elbow. Going to be reevaluated after the break. What a shock, by the way. Yeah, we, we couldn't. We, it's very possible that Brogdon just doesn't play again this year. I mean, I think the shutdown is is coming for him pretty hard. Um, I don't think they're going to shut down Scoot or Simons. I don't really see the reason for that. Both of those guys have been banged up lately, but I don't view that as long term. So if you just look at the last couple of games, you're like, oh, Ashton Higgins, you know, he's played. 51 minutes over the last two 
didn't really do anything in those games, including a start against New Orleans on Saturday. I'm not super intrigued with him. Banton, you know, really unique player, kind of has some size, uh, you know, just somebody that I, I think a lot of teams have been intrigued and fascinated with over the last couple of years. You know, obviously Boston was one of those. Now he's in Portland. If I had to choose between those two in a deeper league, I, I would say Banton, but ultimately I, I don't know if there's a ton here right now. Yeah, I mean, I, they're not going to shut down Scoot. And um, I don't know if they'd shut down Simons. Brogdon just got hurt because he he shot so much. Um, yeah. I, yeah, I, I'm with you. I prefer Banton. He at least has like an NBA history. Is also intriguing on like a steals and blocks upside. He's, he's shown some stuff. So I, if, if he, yeah, one of those two guys, I, I pick up Banton if anybody. I think the only scenario where they would shut down Scoot is if he's like this foot injury that's cost him the last two games. It's like, if, if this is something that's like kind of legit and it's like, yeah, he could play through it, but you know, maybe it's not the best idea. I could see that, but I don't, I don't think they would purely shut him down for like competitive purposes. Yeah. They, I think there would have to be a true injury there. Um, all right. Caruso or Trey man, man, we are, we are really going in on Trey man on this pod. Uh, a <laughs> one says he needs assists. So if you're specifically looking for assists, Alex Caruso or Trey man. Uh, well, I mean, Trey man probably has more assists upside, but with Caruso, Caruso is just so much more of a known commodity. It's hard for me not to just say Caruso. Because I think they're going to play him down the stretch. The Bulls have a legit chance of, of staying in the play-in. I think it's more than likely they will be in the play-in. So I think they'll continue playing their guys. And I would just rather have Caruso. Yeah, I would lean toward that reliability too. I mean, Trey Mann could be a better fantasy player the rest of the way. Or LaMelo Ball could come back in two weeks. And everything we've said about Trey Mann is, is moot. So I yeah, I would just lean on the known commodity in Caruso. Like you said, the Bulls. For better or for worse, they are they're pushing for the play-in. So I don't I don't think they're slowing down on that anytime soon. Um Christian says, should I trade away Jaron Jackson Jr.? Worried about a shutdown. I think we've gotten this question on every single stream for the last two months. And rightfully so. <laughs> it's a good question. I yeah, if you can get comparable value, I would do it, man. I've been in I'm in the spot in a couple of leagues where I just made a big mistake, you know. I wouldn't say reaching for Jaron Jackson, but making a point to get him, thinking, all right, I got blocks covered, this is gonna be great, you know. He's been fine. He hasn't been, the stat profile hasn't been exactly what we expected. It's been a ridiculous season injury wise for Memphis. So I don't really fault Jared Jackson, but yeah, the, the shutdown could be coming at some point. I think the question is what, what is the merit for Memphis? You know, are they, are they close enough that they could actually find their way into the bottom four? Because that's probably what matters most. I mean, they, Portland could catch them. They're only, they're only like two and a half up on Portland for what would be the fifth worst record. So that, you know, that matters. There, there, there are some lottery implications there. I don't think they could get all the way to the bottom four. I don't think so, but Triple J has kind of been injury prone throughout his career too. Yeah. And I think they're going to look forward to next year. It's not like they're bad and they have not much to look forward to next year. They're bad and they might be like the third seed in the West next year. <laughs> right. uh, so I think they might try to protect them as much as possible. So yeah, I would... I would move off of him and try to get any top, what, 50, maybe even 60 player in return. Like, if you can trade I would, Jaron I would Jackson. Start with top 50. Yeah. I mean, if you can trade Jaron Jackson and someone wants to give you, like, I don't know, Franz Wagner or Nick Claxton or like Jalen Johnson or something, um, that range, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
Jalen yeah, I mean, Duran, maybe. I could see someone oh, maybe like this is risky, but it's like you could just offer maybe you could just offer Triple J for Zion, and just that maybe that just the the opposing manager is is also kind of in a panic and is like, oh, I don't Zion, I don't trust him. I don't. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you have to know that you're. If people are paying attention, you know, you're going to have to pay a tax for the possibility that he's being shut down because whoever's taking him on knows that as well. So, yeah, I mean, you're not getting, you know, you're not, you're not getting Jokic for him. Um, you just, you kind of have to know what, what your boundaries are, but I would, as always aim high first and, you know, don't throw out an insulting offer, but, you know, I, I wouldn't start by, you know, trying to get like the 80th ranked player. Uh, if, if it gets to that point, maybe you have to think about it, but um, yeah, overall, don't mind getting off of him. I think it's becoming clearer and clearer where the season's heading for Memphis. Uh, DeWood says that he's in first in his head-to-head 12-team league. He's four games up on second place, but five guys are injured, and they're, they're big ones. Embiid, Ananobi, Clint Capella, Jimmy Butler, Cam Johnson. Should he drop any of these injured guys? I think the only one you should consider – well, okay, you can drop Cam Johnson. Don't worry about yes. it. Do not worry about dropping Cam Johnson. Go ahead and do it. Um, Embiid. Embiid's a tough <laughs> one. I wouldn't drop anybody else. Cam Johnson, I'm with you. Drop him. 12-team league. You'll find somebody who's doing as well, if not better than him. So I wouldn't worry about that. Embiid's tough. Uh, I'm going to dodge for a second. I think Capella is maybe, maybe droppable. Um, if you absolutely need to, I could. I think there's an argument for it. Okay. Um, but and then Embiid, yeah. I don't know, man. What? So I, <laughs> I almost need more information about your league because some leagues stop early. Like if your league ends, like I don't know, March twenty sixth or something like that. If your league ends pre-April, it probably is worth dropping him. If your league ends in April, like if it goes to the final week of the season it's probably better to hang on just to see. But um, if you want to start by dropping Cam Johnson and seeing where that gets you, please go right ahead. I would also semi-endorse Capella based on who's on the waiver wire and stuff. But I don't know about Embiid yet. This is kind of a sicko move, but would you consider floating out like an Embiid trade offer before you drop him? Oh, okay. Well, that's a good point. Yeah, not just for Embiid, but for anybody. Like if you can, if you can, make a quick trade for any of these guys, just do that instead. Cause they're going to get, cause someone might pick up Cam Johnson off of waivers or Capella or Embiid or anything, but yeah, for Embiid, see, yeah. Try to trade him first. See, see what's out there. Yeah. I mean like, like offer him to the team that's in fifth place or something, you know, and you're like, all right, well, I have no other path to climbing up here. And you know, I, I just hoping and praying that Embiid beats the timeline and, you know, I get three weeks out of him at the end of the year you know, that would burn you, of course, but at least you're getting a, a return instead of just picking up the best option off the waiver wire. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm a wuss when it comes to like dropping guys like Embiid or LaMelo or <laughs> Desmond Bain or whoever it is. It's like, I just, there's that fear in the back of your mind that you're going to get, you're going to get burned on it later. Um, all right. NBA J says, hi guys. Good evening from the UK. All right. Well, international flavor here. Firstly, thanks for another great show. Thank you. NBA J appreciate everybody listening along says I hit with Jennings in any time touchdown last night, which was nice. And my fantasy teams were fire. All right. We love to hear it. We love to hear it. Talking Jawan Jennings, anytime TD on the, on the road wire fantasy basketball pod. I wish I had invested in Jawan Jennings. There was a time last night where I'm frantically looking up, like, can I live bet Jennings to win Super Bowl MVP? It kind of felt like it was heading that way. 
Uh, and of course, uh, things took a turn, but glad to hear it, man. Hopefully we're helping you out uh, on the, the fantasy team side of things, but I don't, I don't think either of us were, were on Juwan Jennings throwing and catching a touchdown last night. That, that did not come up on any of the past pods. Uh, Paul says, should I hold Gigi Jackson, Trey Mann, and or Scoot Henderson or pick up Wiggins, Pajemski, Michich, Melton, Keontae George off waivers, uh, 12-team league categories? So we've talked about a, pretty much every one of these guys individually at some point. Uh, I'm, I'm team holding Trey Mann for now, although I mean, all these guys are pretty appealing. Um, you know, even Wiggins, who we've dogged more than anybody, is starting to play better. Wiggins is starting to play better, but I don't, I, I don't really want to like get it twisted and try to like convince any, like tell people that like, I think he's like a top hundred player or like a must roster guy because I don't think he is. Um, yeah, Gigi's been playing well, man. Like I was, a, I was a skeptic, I was a hater, some might say, uh, but he's he's playing fine. If you don't mind uh, a, a pretty drastic hit to your field goal percentage, man. I mean, Melton out of all of these guys has the highest upside, so. I, if you want to drop Gigi or Trey Mann to grab Melton, I, I think that's fine to do. Um, but I just wish we had more info on Melton. I mean, it's a stress fracture in his lower back. So like, it's just, it's really tough. We all know, we all know we'll come back. They're taking a game by game, which is really frustrating. Like it'd be so much easier if they were like, he's out three weeks, but they won't tell us. So I, I can't, it's hard for me to give like great advice on that. Yeah. I mean, so Scoot is probably the guy that we've talked the least about of all these uh, on the pod. And we, we did just mention, you know, he's missed two games. There's the possibility of a, a shutdown based on injury alone. They're not, they're not shutting him down if he's healthy. There's really no you know reason to do that. He has been playing better of late. He's been seeing a lot more minutes. That's helped. Um, last four games before the injury, 20 points, five assists, five rebounds. Um, shooting a better from three too, which is worth noting to see if that could continue. Um, he, he's interesting to me. Like, are, are, if, if you could say, all right, he's back in the next couple of games or he's back right after the all-star break at worst, are you holding him over most of those other guys? Yeah, I don't, I don't think you can drop scoot right now. If you hung on this long or you scooped him off of waivers, this is like the exact point of the year that we were all just waiting for Brogdon's hurt potential shutdown for those guys. Like, yes, you mentioned with scoot, he has a foot injury himself. I got a. I need more information on the foot injury before I just like drop scoot. Cause there is potential for him to close out the year playing very well. Um, yeah. We got to follow up on Bagley. Knew it was coming. Are we trusting Bagley <laughs> that much? Hold or drop? Uh, you're the, you're the resident Bagley guy, Alex. Oh yeah. It's, it's, here we, here we go. Um, yeah, you gotta hold him. Yeah. Like he, he, he missed four games and then played 15 minutes his first game back. So, um, it was a back issue, you know, sometimes guys, you know, they need a little time off of that. So, um, like, I guess the thing is before he got hurt, he was only playing 24 minutes a game, but was putting up 29 fantasy points per game. And, um, you know, the wizards got nothing to lose here and he's got almost no competition. So if he keeps playing 15 minutes, yeah, drop him. Cause that's insane. But if he, if he gets like, and I mean for like a week and a half, um, but no, I, I'm, I'm cool trusting him. We'll see if Rashawn Holmes enters the mix. That that to me would be the only deterrent here because before they they added him, it's like they literally had no other centers and they would have to give minutes to Marvin Bagley unless you're starting, you know, Kuzma or Omar Rui or whoever at center. If Holmes works his way into the mix, then I'm out on Bagley. If not, you kind of have to be in just based on the workload. Christopher says Memphis reminds me of Golden State a few years ago. 
when everybody was hurt and they ended up with a high pick and were great again next year. Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, Golden State was like 15 and 50, I think, that year. That was the the COVID bubble season. Um, kind of a good year to have a down season. Didn't have to go to the bubble, didn't have to deal with any of that. Um, yeah. Just a, a weird year for the league in retrospect. And obviously they bounced back in a pretty big way uh, the next season and you know won the title two years later. So Memphis, you know, should be able to bounce back, right? I, I don't think we we view this as like it's just a blip. And if anything, it, it results in them, you know, getting a, a high lottery pick and maybe adding another piece to that core. Uh Van Dam says 10 team ESPN points league. I want to drop Trey Jones for GG for upside. Is this a good or a bad move? Um drop Trey Jones for GG. I think it's fine. Um yeah, I I think that's fine. Trey Jones isn't really a points league guy anyway. Trey Jones, he's more of a category league guy. And um Gigi's actually a- averaging more fantasy points per minute. Um, mm-hmm. And they're playing roughly the same amount of minutes these days. Um, yeah, I'm fine with that. Yeah, I think that's fair. If you're, if you're couching it in the upside, then absolutely. Uh, going back to DeWood, the question about on you know who to drop. He said playoffs begin in week 21, and it's a three-round playoff. So it kind of depends how your league you – know, I know some leagues will count this week and next week as one – uh, this is technically week 17 in, in most of the leagues that, that operate like that, that I play in. Um, so we'd be, yeah. I mean, either so way I, we're looking at like mid March. Yeah. So on ESPN, at least, I don't think that's necessarily what league you're in, but week 21 is March 18th through 24th. And then if you have three rounds, that's the 21st, the 22nd and the 23rd, uh, which means basically your last game of the playoffs is the seventh man uh yeah i i would be more based on that i'm i'm leaning to where it's safer to hold him uh but i would i like nick said i'm I'm with nick on this see if you can trade him to somebody for like basically their t- worst two starters probably uh like consistent start the worst two consistent starters on someone else's roster and i think i i think you might get someone to bite but it's going to be borderline. I, I think the the big issue here is, can you win the league? Assuming this is, you know, head to head, right? Can you win the league without Embiid? Like if Embiid comes back, do you need him? Like, is he, is he the guy who's almost single-handedly carried you to number one in the standings because of how dominant he's been? You know, it's like, are you getting enough upside where it's like, yeah, maybe if you make that move today, maybe that gives you enough that you're able to hang on to a top two seed, but are you making it through three weeks of head to head playoffs without Embiid? Yeah, this is a really unique situation because it's it would be much easier if it was like Justin Bede that was hurt for you, for for us to be like, to get just to give you advice in general. But the fact that you have like five relatively key players hurt, at some point you're just gonna you just need someone to play for you, and um, yeah, I mean you can you can probably get by with some streaming, and do some piecemeal stuff and just you know. But again, yeah. I don't know, man. Try to trade him. There's no right answer here. There really isn't. Um, all right, let's do a couple more, and then we'll be out of here. We'll talk rookies on Wednesday with Brandon Kravitz. Not going to have time for that, which is fine. We've got a lot of good questions. Um, talked a little bit about Grant Williams earlier, but we'll hit this again. 12-team category league, do you like Grant Williams? For me, I'm, I'm still probably out. I mean, he's in a slightly better situation 
in Charlotte. Uh, you know, it's he's just one of those guys where you don't look at him and you're like, man, what, what could he be? You know, like, what if he just got 30 minutes? You know, it's like he kind of is what he is. I don't think there's a whole lot of developing to be done. There's not a lot of unknown when it comes to Grant Williams. And, you know, he's you look at one game that he's played with Charlotte, 15 and eight uh, with an assist the other night, hit three threes. That's great. That was a great matchup against Memphis. Most of the time, Charlotte's going to be completely overmatched. And he mixed in these games every now and then with the maps, especially early in the year. I mean, he was, he was great. Like first two weeks of the season and he would still sprinkle those in once every couple of weeks. And then, you know, there'd be like six bad games in a row. So I just, I have a hard time believing that, you know, he's just going to be a nightly 15 and eight going forward. So if I have to be in or out, I'm out. I'm going to be out. Um, He does have two pretty nice matchups coming up, Indiana and Atlanta. So pick them up, see what happens. But I'm going to say I'm out partially because God, I wish we knew if LaMelo Ball was coming back. But, but you know, part of the reason, he's a low-usage player in general. But it's not like going from Dallas to Charlotte. I I don't think that's inherently giving him more usage because he's also stepping into a, into a rotation that has LaMelo Ball, high-usage player. Miles Bridges takes a ton of shots, and Brandon Miller's been cooking. So Grant Williams is not – I don't think he's going to touch the ball that much more than he was in Dallas when everybody is healthy for Charlotte. All right, thoughts on Kelly Olynyk and Taylor Hendricks. So we have one current Jazz, one former Jazz. I've been enamored with Hendricks, you know, through the draft process. I, I really like what I saw from him. I was pretty surprised that he was just not a part of their plan, like at all, or early on. Um, and you know, he spent most of the year in the G League. I think at the end of the season, there's probably going to be a, a week where he looks really good. I would probably rather have Olynyk. Um, I just I don't really trust. Like it's still not really clear what the Jazz even want to do. Like they're still pretty competitive. They, you know, it's not like they traded Laurie Market in. Like they can kind of be as good as they want. Obviously, there's a pretty defined ceiling there, but they can they could go one of two ways. And I'm not sure which route they're going to pick yet. I I would prefer Olenek. I think he's going to give you a much higher floor week to week. I mean, I don't know what the Raptors are doing either. Um, yeah, me neither. Good point. But if they both played point. this, if they both played the same amount of minutes, I would much rather have Olenek. And as of right now, it looks like they might play the same amount of minutes. Olenek saw 22 minutes in his team debut, 11, 6, 3, 3, and 1. Um, and, you know, they traded away Thad Young. So that's 15 to 20 minutes a game right there that Thad Young was playing. Um, and, um, yeah, I mean, the per- Purgle only played 21 in, the, in this game. So I think... Ole, again, Olenek has risk, but he's he's the he is he is the upside play, which is funny because everyone's going to think like Hendricks is the upside play. Olenek is actually the upside play. Uh, but yeah, the one thing I will say about that Cavs game on Saturday, they are down twenty going into the fourth quarter. Olenek played the entire fourth quarter, so he had only played ten minutes okay. through the first three quarters. And the Cavs are just steamrolling everybody these days, so it might not be the the best sample. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if that that minute split between him and Pirtle is a little more extreme going forward when they're not getting blown out. Um, so that's something to keep in mind, but I, I still think, I mean, Olenek has been a really good per minute guy for most of his career. And he's got, you know, sometimes he's in a good situation. Sometimes he's not, it's like every other year with him. Uh, but you know, Hendricks has basically played real minutes in like three games this year. It's, it's so hard to tell. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, it, I don't think there's ultimately going to be a massive gap, but I personally would, would rather have Olenek. Um all right, Navon says, what's up, bros? I'm in a sleepers league. 16-man game pick playoffs. I, I don't know what's going on here. Um, 
basically my bench is Scotty Pippen, <laughs> TJ McConnell, Trey Mercy or Murphy, Michich, and Zach Collins. Any good waivers to swap any of those players for? Um, I don't. I mean, I don't really think McConnell is going to be doing. I mean, I, McConnell and uh... Scotty Pippen was a healthy scratch on Saturday. So yeah, that's I don't. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, he's putting up some decent numbers when he's been active. So I'm not totally ruling him out, but something to monitor. Yeah, I mean, if someone's a healthy scratch, that pretty much kills it. Um, you know, Zach, Zach Collins has been fine. McConnell's actually been getting consistent minutes, which is nice. But yeah, I think um, I think Pippen's the the move here to drop if you got a DMP CD. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I would not drop Murphy right now, especially in light of the Dyson Daniels injury. The rest of these guys, I think, are all justifiable. Zach Collins has just not been very good lately. Um, you know, McConnell just kind of whatever else is going on in that backcourt. He's still a good per minute guy. Um, and then Michich, we're dealing with a one game sample. So who knows, but there's a, you know, he showed enough that I, I think you're, you're at least intrigued by, by what he's doing last one. And then we're out of here. Uh, 12 team cat league. Would you trade De'Aaron Fox and Harrison Barnes for Devin Booker? Yeah. Yes. Harrison Barnes may as well not even be a name in this trade. Like you may as well just not, I'm just going to pretend he doesn't even exist because he's barely, he's not, you don't even really have to roster him almost in any league. So uh, yeah, do it. Yeah. I mean, if you look at the, like the last couple of weeks, you'd be like, well, Harrison Barnes, you know, he's, he's been a, <laughs> actually, no, you know what? Yeah. I'm backing up on this completely. He's outside of the top 200 in the last 14 days. And that includes <laughs> like that wild stretch. So like, no, just don't even, he doesn't do anything but score every now and then. He's a, like a bad free throw shooter. He's super inconsistent. Just really wouldn't, really wouldn't worry about it. So I, yeah, I'm with you, man. You could probably drop Harrison Barnes for somebody better and just do this deal straight up. I mean, if somebody really wants Harrison Barnes, if they're from yep. Ames, Iowa, and they're demanding Harrison Barnes, then sure, happy to include him. But I would just view this as, would you give up Fox or Booker? And yeah, I, I think you absolutely would. Um, all right, last thing before we head out, did just get an update, Alex, on Terry Rozier. Um, Sham Sarania says, Miami Heat guard Terry Rozier has avoided any major injury as the MRI today showed a sprained right knee. He will be evaluated week to week, sources tell The Athletic. So no major injury. That means no torn meniscus, no torn ACL, nothing like that. That's huge. But still going to be out this week. Still could miss time after the All-Star break. Week to week is not a, a phrase I like to hear. No. Nope. Uh, so pick up Caleb Martin. People are asking about Hawkins versus Caleb Martin. I think this is going to make me lean Caleb Martin more. And yeah, uh, throw Rosier on your IR. Don't drop him because he could come back and it's possible he comes back after the all-star break, I suppose, but I would probably, I would hope I would put a realistic timeline on like March 1st, basically knowing nothing, but just like the yeah. wording, just think about March 1st. So schedule wise, Miami plays Tuesday, Wednesday, this week. So two games, they play only Friday next week. So one game week coming out of the all-star break. Uh, and then after that, they do have a four game week. And another four game week after that. So keep that in mind. Um, you know, Hakez, Martin, both of those guys, justifiable ads. As we mentioned earlier, Jimmy Butler, you know, out indefinitely, probably doesn't miss too much time. And then Josh Richardson also got hurt over the weekend. So plenty of opportunity available in Miami. All right, guys, thank you for all the great questions in the stream. We love doing this every Monday. You guys make this fun for us. So keep those coming. We'll be doing these, you know, throughout the rest of the regular season, do some pods in the playoffs as well. 
please like the video on YouTube, subscribe to our channel. That helps us out immensely. Um, like I said, we'll put those timestamps in there. So if you want to listen back, you want to send it to anybody, they can click through, uh, you know, just kind of watch whatever parts they want. If you want to watch the full video, even better. And we also post this on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your pods. So if you want this as an audio podcast, you can find it there five days a week, Monday through Friday. You got a rotating cast of hosts, always good stuff coming out of those. We'll have Dr. Ray, Steve Alexander, the Hall of Famer, hosting the pod tomorrow. I'll be with Brandon Kravitz on Wednesday. Alex will be back on Friday with Ken and Shannon. Thanks as always, guys. We'll talk to you soon.